There have long been tensions on Guam due to the heavy United States military presence there, but as Washington moves to counter China's presence in the region, it's sending more soldiers and missiles to Guam and updating naval facilities there. Just what do people on the island, especially the indigenous Chamorro people, think about it all? Don Wiseman spoke with the director of the Pacific Islands Development Program at the Hawaii-based East-West Center, Dr. Mary Therese Hattori, who is herself from Guam and is Chamorro. As I understand it, there are 22,000 American troops there about to go to 27,000. Where they have them, have they brought in families with them? Yes, many of them bring in families. They reside on base, but and I don't know the number, but you know, I live in Hawaii and we see similar problems with housing prices going up because the military who live off base get an allowance and that tends to drive up rental prices to the point where they're pricing locals out of the market. So that's been going on for a while, but it's going to get clearly a whole lot worse. Yes. And of the population of 168,000, just how many then are part of the military and either as serving soldiers plus families, we're talking what's half the population of the island or are we? Oh, not, not, no, not, not quite that, not quite that high. But certainly significant. But they are significant. Yes, it is significant. And amidst the bringing in of more troops, there is the missile developments, there are more aircraft, there's bases for nuclear submarines being tarted up and and so on and so on. What is the reaction of locals? It really varies. You've got, you know, for example, the current administration, you know, will highlight the positives, the employment opportunities for locals, the investment in local infrastructure. But then you've got other folks who, you know, like uh, Ken Cooper says, With all of the military buildup, the people are feeling less safe. So while the country may feel that it's better defended, the safety of the Chamorro people is not part of the equation. And it's sort of the opposite. We feel less safe because Guam is now a target that, you know, the tip of the spear is going to break first, right, In 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 a battle. And with all of the tensions, I mean, you know, you just had the Okinawan evacuation alert with the, the missile test from North Korea yesterday. And and so we were seeing all of this tension in, in the region. And it, it may mean that more of a military buildup and, and greater defense capabilities on Guam will actually make us more of a target. The indigenous Chamorro people, how, how much of a percentage of the population are they? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have that off the top of my head. But, um, you know, recently the, the United Nations did issue a rather scathing report because Guam is still one of the few places where the indigenous people are denied a right to self-determination. So that's still an issue. Maintaining their culture, maintaining their language has been an issue for a long time. But there's a suggestion, at least, that that's getting harder and harder to do. Well, my mother is, is a native Chamorro speaker. We have language immersion schools, Chamorro language immersion schools. There's more of a commitment to revive the language. So there are language revitalization movements that are happening. It's not a lost language by any means. You see the similar pattern in, in a lot of places that were colonized by outsiders. You know, the other point I would make is that the United States is constantly putting itself forward as a Pacific nation. 
and claiming to have commitments and a deep desire for meaningful engagement with the Pacific in response to China's engagement in the Pacific. And so it's this focus on competition with China is motivating the United States to put itself out there as a Pacific nation and as a partner for the Pacific. But as a Chamorro woman who lives in the state of Hawaii, I would argue that the United States really needs to take a look at its track record and its relationships and meaningful engagement with the Pacific Islanders with which it has historic relationships. American Samoa, Guam, and the Kofa nations and the Native Hawaiians, Native Hawaiians, right? So look at the track record, look at Red Hill, the contamination of the water, lack of self-determination on Guam, military buildup, environmental degradation, right? If, if this is how America treats the Pacific Islanders with whom it has historic ties, how can other Pacific Islanders really believe that the United States government wants to be a true partner and a Pacific nation? I've seen accounts talking about the junk in the water and the oil in the water around the island, and this is being blamed on the military. I will say the environmental degradation, it goes further back in history. And we had the nuclear testing in the Marshall Islands. The islands that are downwind of that were impacted. People from other islands, including Guam, are downwinders, right? So the environmental degradation dates you know, back to that point. But also the claims of Agent Orange and other toxins, I think military personnel who are in Guam, served in Guam, are still reporting medical issues from their service on, on Guam. And, you know, just similar to Hawaii, where military bases are, there have been contaminants in the um, water supply and in the soil. This general dissatisfaction that exists, how does it manifest itself? Well, you know, it, it, the perceptions and the positions vary. So there are many people on Guam who are extremely patriotic and have, have served in military, will continue to serve in the military, and have very positive experiences and lots of opportunities that they've benefited from as members of the armed forces. So there is there is that tension, and you see this in other parts of the Pacific, including the Federated States of Micronesia, where you have a, quite a few people enrolling in the military. So there's this tension between this, you know, patriotism and the positive opportunities that can happen through military service and then the negative issues and all the problems that occur with military buildup and the buildup of defense systems and the use of, of land for national defense. So there are protests, independence, Guahan, um, the, the folks who are pushing for, for independence, but even people who are just, you know, I, I'm not taking a position in terms of status, but I, I do believe Indigenous people have a right to self-determination, and we aren't even been, being given that right. And the self-determination issue then gets amplified by the military issues. So these two issues may seem separate, but they're not. And they tend to have this amplifying effect, I think. People who may be dissatisfied with political status, I think they may have more support from people who are dissatisfied or concerned with military buildup. There's some who will say that any anyone who questions or is critical of the military buildup or even the lack of self-determination is unpatriotic. Representation and voting, these are American ideals, so I don't see how questioning this 
lack of self-determination is not patriotic. Uh, I think we share ideals. Chamorro people share, you know, many ideals that Americans hold dear. So I think we should be allowed to have discussions and air our concerns without being labeled unpatriotic.